time to put aside the burdens that besiege you and take the Empirical Express to Escapesville with... Hey, hey, what's with the lyric? I feel that an unusual program such as this should have an unusual opening. Well, the only unusual opening around here is your mouth. Now, let's get on with it. Uh, this is Tom Savino. And I'm Frank Atolo. And this is the new conservative dead air. Uh, wait, well, what kind of talk is that, conservative? Well, I spent sleepless nights trying to make this show different, new, and fresh, and, and you... All you do is call my mouth an unusual opening. All right, all right, Tom. We've disagreed before. Let's get on with it, and we'll talk about the lyric later. Fair enough. This is dead air. Welcome. Now, was that so hard? Hard? No. Dull? Yes. Okay. Here we are on dead air once again, and I'd like to... I thought that that opening was brilliant. Oh, Tom, there was nothing wrong with that opening, but we have a reputation. We? We? Well, so do I. Even Dusty liked the opening. He, he agreed that a little class lends to the opening. Did I hear lens opening? Well, I'm ready for the first shot. Well, Dusty, quit with the close-ups. Oh, will I ever get used to having a cameraman as part of a crew on a radio show? Here, Dusty, get a close-up of my introduction. Here, it's written here. What's this? Wait a second, you've written scripts on some strange things before, but on the belly of a centerfold of a girly magazine? Inspiration, you might call it. More like insulation. Uh, how about a close-up of the staples in the centerfold? Did I hear what I heard? Now you did it. Here comes Prudence. Let me see that. Ah, pornography! I'm Mike Solace. And this is 60 Seconds. Today, let's take a look at pornography. Mm. Oh, here's good. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm, good. I'm Mike Solis, and this has been 60 Seconds. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the opinion of this station, this show, this country, the BBA, the ASPCA, or Linda Lovelace. <laughs> and all this is funny to you, boys? Well, you've got some nerves. Oh. <laughs> and on top of it all. On top, top of it all. <laughs> and you, Dusty, taking pictures of all this, this, this. Tom, 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 do the spot. All right. Dead Era will resume in riotous unreality. Oh, Tom, we'll be right back after this word. I told you, no more verse. What's the matter with that, anyway? I'll get it. I've got to get a new doorbell. Vision. Here, read something educational. It's a book of laws, and it outlines why things like this are not useful to society. A law book. I've read so many law books, I could write a law book. Welcome to another heartwarming adventure of Mel and Collie Baby, featuring Collie Baby the Wonder Dog, that not only reads, writes, and talks, but refuses to have her puppies paper-trained on anything else but the London Times. We now join Collie Baby and her pal and master, Mel Finkelstein, in another breathtaking adventure. Holy Nickawonkit, Collie Baby! This is the longest time we've ever gone without an adventure. And you know, I just can't sit here while you draw blueprints for the new stadium that the town is going to build. Well, this is really important, Belle. They start laying the foundation next week. And I'm only up to the second tier. Well, you'd better hurry, because here comes Forest Ranger Jones, and he never shows up unless it's adventure time. I wonder why. Ah, Mel, how's it, folks? Grandpa died. Now, what's up, Forest Ranger Jones? 
something terrible has happened. <gasps> there was a robbery at City Hall last night. Someone stole the law books. So what? So what? I'll tell you, now that someone has stolen the law books, we don't know what's legal and what ain't. We can't arrest anybody or book anybody. We're lost without the law books. They were clever thieves. Now crime will run amok in our quiet county because we don't know what to arrest people on. I'm worried. Does this qualify as an adventure? Look, there must be a million laws that you know you can arrest people on if they break them. Yeah? Name one. Murder. Okay, name another. What kind of a cop are you? How do the other policemen feel? Oh, they've all taken the day off. They figure there's no use patrolling if they don't know what to arrest people for. Why can't Collie Baby write the book for you? She must know every law there is in the world. That's ridiculous. I've got to finish this blueprint. Oh, please, Collie Baby. The mayor's in an uproar, and there's probably looting and loitering in the town right now. There's two right there, looting and loitering. If you guys can't figure out some of the laws, why aren't you all out looking for the thieves so you can get the book back? Oh, they all left on the afternoon train. Why didn't you arrest them? On what? We don't have the book to tell us what we're arresting them for. Well, I'm going into my office to finish this blueprint. You mean you're not going to write us a new law book so we can carry on enforcing the laws in our crime-ridden county? Oh, you've got to be kidding. If this is an adventure, it's awful, though. I'll have to arrest you, then, for not cooperating with the authorities. Oh, that one you remember. Don't be ludicrous. Now leave me alone. Show me where it says you can arrest a dog for non-cooperation. Of course I can show you, Collie Baby. I told you, I don't have the books. I know some laws. Why don't you and I go back to City Hall and write them down? Uh, I guess we'll have to. No thanks to you, Collie Baby. All right, I'll write them down. Gee, Collie Baby, you're the most smartest, darnest, guy. Shut up. And take this down. Okay. Robbery, arson, libel. And do they have to be in alphabetical order? Murder, thievery. Murder. Be with us again for another heartwarming episode with Mel and Collie Baby. Is someone going to give me the mail? Yeah, you want the mail? Here's the mail. Okay, now I got it. Let's look at it. What is it? Anyway. Oh, man, a telegram. From whom? Oh, this telegram's for Flabby. Dusty, you want to give this telegram to Flabby? She'll answer it. This is Bob Knutz. Welcome to Dear Flabby, the person-to-person program where Flabby McFlynn, world-famous expert on what to do and when to do it, answers questions sent in by confused listeners. Good morning, dear Flabby. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Oh, I'm fine. I hope you're fine, too. Let's... Just fine, Bob. Let's Just get... fine, let's... Bob. Let's... let's get right to the questions, okay. dear Flabby. Our question today, dear Flabby, I've got a fetish for apple butter. I can't seem to perform sexually unless my partner is smothered in the sweet scent of this Pennsylvania Dutch delicacy. How can I break out of this habit signed apple a day? Dear apple a day, you're off your noodle getting hooked on to something made by a conservative culture like the Pennsylvania Dutch and using it for sexual motives. 
You certainly are jamming your sexual prowess and should start to change your ways. I recommend grape jelly or uh, petroleum jelly as a start, and eventually getting the job done with good old whipped cream should be your goal. Also, try eating a Danish for breakfast. Thank you, dear Flavie. Welcome. Be with us again when Dear Flabby answers more questions sent in by confused listeners. Dear Flabby has been produced by Bob A. Notaberry of Original Productions. This has been Not A Very Original Production. I'm Bob Kernitz. This is your radio announcer. You are listening to Dead Air. And we'll continue with more objective and tight programming after this Dead Air break. Now, let me see that book of paper. That's this here, this here. Huh? Oh, what are we still on? Well, turn off the mic, you stupid... You know, I think this is all getting a bit out of hand, and I'm afraid there's only one way to settle this. Frank, you're not going to... Yes, Tom, we're going to call in the board. All right, the board is now in order. <clears throat> Can we have uh, the minutes read, please? Um, 4.32 a.m., 4.33 a.m. Yes, thank you. Now, <clears throat> my briefing states that dead air... The said radio program has come to the board to decide on tastefulness. Oh, sir. Sir. The floor recognizes Mr. Tom Savino. Yes, sir. If the board doesn't mind, I'd like to submit evidence that will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the dead air said radio program is a tasteless, tacky rump perpetrated by ruthless writers and rowdy... Say, Tom, whose side are you on? The floor hasn't recognized Mr. Cotolo. Oh, he's right here. He's the one with the glasses. Well, I recognized him. I mean, I know him anywhere. Um, now about the evidence. This better be good, Tom. Our show is on the line. Yes. I offer Exhibit A. It's Wasteland Playhouse, featuring TV favorites that will never make it on radio. Now, Freaky Focus. And now it's time for Freaky Focus. Here's Allie Funk and Oakwood Herbie. Welcome again to Freaky Focus, the show that laughs at people being themselves under catastrophic circumstances. As usual, to help us tonight is Oakwood Herbie. Oh, thank you, Allie. What pain have we inflicted on the populace this week? Well, Oakwood, to start off with, we disguised one of our own men as a frankfurter salesman and planted him on a busy corner right here in town. Well, that doesn't sound so freaky. Oh, wait till I finish, you nuthead. Oh, 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 oh. Instead of selling real hot dogs, we inserted wooden frankfurters in the bun. We thought it would be funny to see the reaction of innocent people as they would bite into our wicked wiener <laughs> and get splinters in their mouths. Let's watch. Oh, look at this fellow. <laughs> I like the way he's looking at that wiener. He must really be hungry. Oh, he's got it in his hands now. He's taking a bite. We tried to interview him afterwards, but he couldn't speak. Well, he did mention later at the hospital that the sauerkraut had burned the roof of his mouth where the splinters were embedded, and he apologized for not being able to comment. Our next freaking focus features one of our own crew who readily volunteered for this amusing assignment. 
Here is Jane Mangone, our stage manager. Now, tell us what you did, Jane. Well, I got dressed up in a suit of armor and turned a 16 long-range rifle up to the 17th floor of the Grimby Moans building, which is on the same busy corner that our Frankfurt kids are playing. <laughs> and then what happened? Well, we thought it would be funny. Uh -huh. And we planted scores of presumably dead bodies. <laughs> All professional actors. Uh -huh. <laughs> on the street. While I pretended to be the sniper that shot the dead. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a riot. Real fun. Now, let's take a look at the film. The police firing real bullets, not knowing that you've got blinds. <laughs> here's, here's what one of the policemen said when I told him he was being filmed. All right, up against the wall, you dirty mother... See that little hole in the wall? This is freaking focus. Smile! Hey, I watch it every week. You mean these people out there on the street aren't really dead? Right, and I was just firing blanks into the air. Hey, that's funny! <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Well, Oakwood, looks like we've managed to pull off another freaky focus show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it for now. But don't forget, people, be on guard. You can never tell when someone might come up to you, poke you in the eyes, or kick you in the shit, or stab you with a machete, and say, Smile! You're on Freaky Focus! The board will continue this hearing after this dead air break. What is that camera doing here? No cameras allowed in the courtroom. Clear no. courtroom. Dusty, get out. I'd like to call Ms. Prudence Purity to the stand. Now, Ms. Purity, you are the censor of the dead air program, are you not? That is correct. Is it true that you were once a child? Well, yes. <clears throat> and did you at one time in that childhood own an 8x10 photograph of Fernando Lamas? I object, I object. The witness also owns a dandy Don Meredith inflatable doll, but that's not inclusive to the facts. Objection sustained. Um, where were you on the night this program was murdered? Huh? Mm, did you know the accused? But I... Uh-huh. Your Honor, mm, I need to say no more. I object. If Tom says no more, I'll have to do the show by myself, and we have a contract. Objection sustained. Tom, say more. Very well. I'd like to call Rod McCrutchen to the stand. Rod, what do you have to say? 
morning awakes to the sound of the bells, ding-a-ling long-o, ding-a-ling long, shimmering chimes cherished in cerebral celebration. When I was young, the bells bonged morning and night. A gong would sound for supper, a dong for breakfast, here a gong, there a gong, everywhere a gong-dong. The Gregorius gongs of grandeur. A ding, a ring, a chime in time, a ring-a-ling, ding-a-ling, long-o, ding-a-ling-ling. The bells were in the church steeple, high on a hill overlooking God's country. Odd that a church could overlook God's country. They were old, decrepit bells. There were cracks along the bell-bottoms, but I can still hear them. Ringing, ronging, dinging, donging, chiming, charming, blasting, screaming, piercing my earlobes. I can't sleep to hell with the bells. And that's my story. Your witness. I'd like to call Mr. Tom Savino to the stand. Mr. Savino, you have deliberately embellished this program with intrusions that have forced this court action upon us, true? True. And you believe that this program, your livelihood, should be more unusual than it is? False. I just wanted the introduction to be more colorful, that's all. Sorry, guys, I, I, I can't shoot in color. Oh. Uh, uh, order! Order! Your Honor, this is insubordination. The man has admitted that after writing a script on the centerfold of a girly magazine and disrupting the show constantly, he refuses to discontinue his subscription to Boy's Life. Now I ask you, is this poor derelict capable of perversion? <laughs> steady, boy, steady. If you wish to encourage laughter and hilarity despite its tastelessness, you will vote guilty as charged the defense rests! <laughs> this is your radio announcer. While the jury is deciding, whatever it is they're deciding, we'll be right back after this dead air break. This is your radio announcer again. The press has arrived for questioning of Tom and Frank, and we switch you now to the conference at the Pantages Room of the Calvin Coolidge Hotel, live. Mr. Well, by all means, we are also quite impressed with the Calvin Coolidge Hotel here. Uh, Miss Johnson, I didn't call you. Miss Johnson? Mr. Savino, Mr. Savino, where did Calvin Coolidge die? Well, Calvin Coolidge died in Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh, Mr. Savino, Mr. Cato, yes, do you yes, feel Mr. the Mr. Coolidge administration handled the protection of American interests in Nicaragua properly? Well, I do believe that we should reserve our opinions of that policy for the sake of the persecuted. Please. Mr. Savino, Mr. Savino. Yes, Mr. Savino. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I believe it was Washington, wasn't yes. it? Yes, Washington. Yeah, uh, Mr. Spino, Mr. Spino. Yes, hold. Yes, uh, What about dead air? Uh, we're sorry. No more questions right now. Thank you. No, 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 no. 
Hello, sports fans. This is your radio announcer. Tom and Frank have taken the questions with Candor, revealing all they know about Calvin Coolidge. They are leaving the Pantages room right now and will hop on a plane where they will continue the show after this dead air break. Well, Frank, we did it. Did you like my performance on the stand? Oh, marvelous, Tom. You like the way I handle those reporters, too, With huh? kid yeah. gloves. Now, do you think prudence will appeal the case? I doubt it very much. Hmm. Hey, how, how about an aerial shot of Cleveland as we fly over? Yeah, of course, I'm so good to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, uh, this is your uh, pilot speaking. We are about to partake in the filming of a major disaster motion picture. Uh, you'll notice to your left an SST flying parallel to our plane. Uh, on your right, a whisper jet is also flying with us. In a few short uh, minutes, uh, we will uh, all collide and be part of a gigantic catastrophe uh, that will be filmed and released in theaters across the nation. It will also be on in-flight motion pictures. Millions of people will pay $5.50 each to witness on celluloid the senseless accident that is about to occur. Thank you, and uh, have a nice... Oh, thank you very much for flying with us, and uh, have a nice day. Thank you. Isn't that great? We can have catastrophe and useless violence on our show again without any legal hassle. It sure is. You know, they do it in the movies and TV, so yeah. I don't see why radio can't get in on it. Sure, why not? All right, step, everybody. This is your director speaking. Places, everyone. We're ready to roll. All right, where is the actor portraying Calvin Coolidge? Right here. All right, thank you very much. Bruce, why are you dressed like George Washington? This is what wardrobe gave me. Oh, beautiful. Okay, no difference. We're on radio. Mr. Savino, do you know your lines? Yes, I, I, I know the lines. Mr. Catolo? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, director, what's going to be the title of this film? Uh, Dead Air. Catchy, yeah, Catchy. I like it. All right, everybody, stand by places and roll I'm Tom Savino. And I'm Frank Catolo. And we remind you that a Canadian Mountie is your friend, and if you see him on the street and you're in trouble, ask him for help. That's what he's there for. Remember, wherever you go, that's where you are. Be here again next time on Dead Air. And remember, above all, don't, don't let, let gravity get you down. radio announcer. Calvin Coolidge was born at Plymouth, Vermont. He attended Amherst College and was admitted to the Massachusetts Bar in 1897. He had five drinks, two whiskeys and three brandy Alexanders, and was totally bombed by 1900. Dead Air is a casino loot production in association with Demobox Sound Studio, New York.